Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 50th edition of the PJ Archive. It's an interview I did with the multi-award winning British rock guitarist Jeff Beck, widely regarded as one of the all-time greats. Jeff is best remembered as a member of the Yardbirds, the Jeff Beck Group, and as a solo artist with hit singles including Love is Blue and Hi-Ho Silver Lining though he was more of an albums artist. Jeff Beck sadly died in 2023 at the age of 78. This interview took place in Sussex in late 1989 when he was promoting his fifth studio album, Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop. I began by asking him if he was happy with it. We were happy with it. <laughs> and now thinking of other things, yeah. what we're going to do now. Uh, we were really delighted when we first heard some of the playbacks of the, of the, the original sessions we did. Quite some time ago you recorded it. Yeah, it was about a, over a year ago yeah. when we first went in the studio. But uh, we went about it all the wrong way. The trouble was having an American drummer and trying to fit him in to the, to the flair for writing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always, you can't ring up your friends and come over and write, you know, like yeah. have a party. You know. <laughs> the inspiration's either there or it isn't. And uh, I had to force myself to get to with Tony, the keyboard player, and, and do some scratching, you know, down at his house. And uh, we had just about four or five pretty lame ideas, but they yeah. were a start, you know. And when Terry came in, everything s sounds much better because you've got real drums and not drum machines. But because of the delay from making an album and then when it actually comes oh, out, that's do, do you often look back at the album a year later and think, oh, damn, oh the things I could have done. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the worst. It's inevitable. You're always going to get that when you're laying out, like you know, lay out what, you, what looked like a great piece of carpet in the yes. paper in the in the shop. You put it on the floor. It's yeah. crap, you know. Was it at the time the sound that you want to have achieved now? I, at this I didn't get what I set out to get in some respects, but I got I got a bonus in other areas where right. I never would have. Isn't that you know rather typical of a creative person that you're never quite satisfied? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always yeah. something else to be done. Yeah, exactly. I suppose it's this onward thing all the time you think oh I could have done that I could have yeah. done this but do some of the things that are on there we never dreamt would, would be there you know yeah. it's funny do you think your music has changed a lot over the years or, or, or would you like to think it has uh, the music that I play too you know, and get involved with is, is probably changed but my playing style is still pretty much the same you know manic you know. <laughs> do you think that's quite important to have a, a style which everyone recognises oh, yes, not to change yeah. it yeah, it, it should be. It should be in the blood. It should be, you know, yeah. coming out of your fingertips. Yeah. If you've got something, some longevity, you know. Is it is it rather like that that you sort of get inspiration from above, as it or wherever it comes from? Yeah, just, I don't. I don't. Stand there with a the guitar and it just comes out. Yeah, you know, I listen to all sorts of different music, and uh, you know, I hear all these different guitar players, and not only just guitar players, but just the vibe that comes off all these different sorts of music, and uh, I try and not let that affect me to the point of wanting to change my style. Mm. You know, but, uh, but when you listen back to your old stuff, do you remember the kind of mood that you were in or whatever when yeah. you wrote it? Does it instantly the, the bring The best back time to, to hear that is when you're not expecting it. Somebody yeah. might have it on, a, especially in America, yeah. they, they yeah. do have these uh, stations that play old stuff. And when you're twiddling with the no knobs and dials on the radio in a car, yeah. well, all of a sudden you hear yourself. Yeah. That's when you really get the yeah. full, Im full impression and of how you sound. Yeah, sometimes it's a smile, sometimes it's a snap it off quick, you know. Mm. 
when do you think you're at your best though when you when you're when things the chips are down or, or when, yeah when, when the chips are down yeah when you're committed to something and you've just got to go with it and uh, sometimes when you're on the road and you're dog tired and you think yeah. you're never going to make it you yeah. can play the best stuff ever and when you're right if you had the best lunch best everything and yeah. a good bath and all the rest of it you play like not good at all what is your idea of a of a blissful situation what do you think would put you in a perfect mood i don't know i'm just up and down all the time right. it's just totally i've never been able to control my thoughts really yeah. that's quite so worrying zigzagging all over. it yeah. is it's perplexing <laughs> with creative people it's always very difficult to come up with something the big battle is coming up with something new every time yeah do you find that a real you, challenge you have to worry about that because yeah. at, the, at the end of the day you've got to release the material no point in keeping it in your house yeah. <laughs> yes. and once you do that you're making a statement you're saying yeah. here I am and this is what I want you to listen to yeah. and it's only about halfway through an album where you really start thinking yeah that we better watch this a bit and where, yeah. whereas in the early stage you weren't worried at all and um, an interesting observation was a friend of mine who likes my playing a lot he, yeah. he said uh, why don't you just leave all the noises and yeah. stuff and, and there we are spending hours and hours trying to get rid of whistles and he said I love all that <laughs> it's uh, accessible you know it's the raw sound yeah you don't want it pre-packaged but there are certain noises you can't have and uh, yeah. but I mean do, do you find that the biggest pressure on you coming up with something new and yeah you know, that's definitely it being permanently innovative yeah and whether you when they're three if you've got an energetic force in the band like a drummer who's just all the time fiddling about grooving around that'll spark something off mm. it's hard because when there's dead silence it's often nicer to leave yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you know, at each stage, wonder where the hell you're going to go from here? Do you? Is that what happens? Do you reach a stage? Yeah, you do, but I, I don't worry because the guitar, what well, it's it's an un, nobody's ever plumbed the depths of the guitar yet. It's it's just an amazing instrument. It's just got six strings, yeah. and it's got. An, I mean, I'm talking about electric guitar, sure. and the tonal variations are endless, yeah. just totally endless, yeah. and. Uh, It'll respond to whatever mood you're in, and that's why I think it stayed so long. The guitar, it uh, you know every day it's different. I've never played, I've never made the same sounds with it from day to day. Is it quite exactly. difficult sometimes repeating perfectly what's on the album, trying to get the exact? The I same don't. Sound? That's that's what I I uh, steer clear of. I, I I was saying the other day somebody was saying, what, "Don't you get bored playing the same numbers?" Yeah, you do. Yeah. But as long as the numbers are engineered so that you can jazz around a bit. Yeah change your sound and people are not going to go oh that doesn't sound like the record you know yeah. I wouldn't want to be up there being judged every night you know yes. does he sound like this that brilliant bit that the record's famous for I wouldn't yeah. want that you know yeah. sort of just another you know like uh, Shakespeare or something you know yeah. you can't change too much yeah. <laughs> the record that, that of course you are famous for is probably not one that you're terribly proud of I mean, is, is that the, 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 the song yes it's, it's, yes, it's, it's one of these things that it's a uh, been brought to bear on me by. Do you really find that a huge word? I'm no, sure. I, I, I smile at great, it now. It's a great record, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a sort of a bit of a poncy voice, you know, a bit of like <laughs> Kitty on it. I think I loathed it because it was just what I didn't want at that time. I wanted it to be like a Chicago blueser, you know. And it's uh, quite absurd, really, because I was only 20 or 19. It wasn't a good idea to put it on a baggy suit and sit on a stool and play, you know, Blind Lemon Jefferson song. <laughs> But that's, I wanted to play Chicago blues, you know, and that's well, what I wanted people to see me do. Yeah. And when I had this chance to make this, this single, mm. I wanted to do a style of guitar like like the Chicago. Mm. 
and Mickey Mouse just didn't want to hear about that. Do you feel a bit resentful about that? No, not now. I mean, I, he knew. Yeah. He's a business, you know, he, yeah. he was in the record business, selling records is his game. And he said, do you want a smash hit? Listen to me. You know? If you want to go playing clubs and not making any money, carry on. It just sort of comes off the tongue, really, Jeff Beck. Yeah, in this country it is. Yeah. People in the States or Japan have never yeah. heard of it. So I'm safe there. Yes. Okay, it, it, it suits me, they play with policemen's balls and things yeah, like that. It's the ultimate party. disco record, it's a party yeah. record, really. Because everyone sings along. Yeah. It was all down to a DJ who thought of turning it off when the yeah. chorus came. Right. <laughs> You're really an album artist, not a single artist. I mean, yeah, there's definitely true. Absolutely. two different types of I can't put, artists. I can't put all my beans in that, that no. one bag for a single. It's, it's, it's interesting, that, because mm. I've never really thought about the ultimate single. Because there are so many millions of other artists that are better at that, mm. you know, that kind of concise message mm. sort of thing. Have you had many singles, though, or not? Or are you uh, just not interested in that field at all? The, no, not at all. Do you think that's that one single? I, really I would love to have off? a single which which did uh, quantify everything. Yes. I'm saying in it, I'm Encapsulate about, everything. Yeah. Of you, right? yeah. But, uh, Do you still play that single at the concerts into that, or was it? No, we did, we did it. Uh, this, we had the ideal opportunity to do it at the, the arms benefit yeah. with Eric Clapton. Oh, yeah. Everybody was doing their party pieces, yes. and I could sense this definite lack of audience uh, being comfortable with oh, the situation. Right. Yeah. It was all, all you know. Yeah. And I laid on that nice and thick, and they loved it. But yeah. see, the people people really want to hear you let rip on the guitar. Yeah, that's, that's right, what yeah. they want to hear. Yeah. But do you still have an immense amount of fans who followed you right from the start? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's difficult to know who is your fans, really, yeah. who are they, because, you know, you do the, the gig and it's all private backstage and you, you get a few dribbling through, but you don't, yeah. you never get to meet the people that are out there, you yeah. know, sort of, there might be one guy that's been to every single record store in the whole world, yeah. or every single record ever yeah. made, and he's in the front row, but I'll never speak to him, yeah. or see him, you know. It's you wish maybe you could meet them yeah. one day, and, um, having yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what they're like, though, I mean... Do you think they're of a similar type I to yourself? It, I find it a bit frightening that, uh, that especially on the American side, they, they go a bit too fanatical and they want to get inside everything, you yeah. know, and what they want to know, reason why you had yeah. this setting for a certain solo. Yeah. And yet there I was, when I was 11, wondering the same thing about all my heroes. Who so were they? Good, you had Chuck Berry, oh, wasn't in the Yeah, we are. Is that right? It's a, a topical joke at the moment. Oh, I see. Sorry. Yeah, we right. play with them in Japan. He didn't deliver the old Berry magic, as, oh. as we all recall. But, but who were your main heroes? Um, I my mother was really musical, so right. I just loved to listen to the radio and anybody that... And it was uh, the electric guitar that got me going. And my mother said, that's an electric guitar that's playing. <laughs> and I just imagined this yeah. chap plugged into the wall, you know, <laughs> and sparks flying. <laughs> and it, it, there were sparks of a different kind yeah. flying. Yeah. Scotty Moore and... Uh, James, uh, James Burton, early stuff. Yeah, yeah. they played with Elvis. Vincent, they play with Elvis, Elvis. Oh, yeah, or oh, Cochrane. Yeah. They all seem to have this incredible power coming off the records, yeah. and all of a sudden this burst of metallic guitar sounds, you know, which I found irresistible. Did you think that you could achieve something with a guitar? Did I then? Yeah. No, I didn't think about it. I just used to sit around and I had a snare drum and yeah. used to play along with it, the record, just to learn where the rhythms yeah. were coming from. Were you like a lot of young kids who sort of really fancied themselves as rock stars? No, I didn't. I, I suppose I must have looked in the mirror a few times. <laughs> you know, the tennis <laughs> records. 
are you happy with the way your career has gone, or, or are you no. sort of fairly regretful of various I could probably answer that better in about a f four weeks' time, right. because this this tour is coming up, yeah. and uh, I'd probably be able to answer that better because I'm really curious to see, mm. at this stage in my life and career, just exactly what it all means. You know, what I'll be able to get a very clear picture from the reaction that we get. Do you think things are slowly falling into place? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, I think that it's like the old tortoise and hare, really. Mm. If you don't uh, go crazy just plod on mm. I mean I'm not saying that musically yeah <laughs> just uh, planning if I'd got sucked into a lot of things that many of the other 60s and 70s rockers yeah. have got into I probably would have been in big big trouble because there is a certain sort of invisible gate that comes down and yeah. it says thou shalt not go any further yeah. and if you do the wrong thing yeah. you, know, you get on the wrong sort of like Woodstock and then all that you, you become grouped with that yeah. and live and die on that yeah, there's quite a lot of people, I speak, your followers in particular, who, who perhaps wouldn't want you to change. They always want you to be the same I, old guy. I know, but I can't do that. I, yeah. I'd rather be the one that, when those, when the lights go down and you, yeah. everything starts to, they don't know what they're going to hear. That's just a much more interesting thing. Does the, do you get quite nervous before a show? Oh, quite yeah. <laughs> you do? How bad do you throw well, up? I could tell you, that, yeah, I've got you to do. that point. Not yeah. throwing up, but I think when, when, when you hear the famous words, OK, let's go echoing up yeah. the corridor yeah. your legs go a bit really? and you start shaking yeah. a bit do you think more you so climb now climb up the stairs and you miss a stair it's, it's do you think maybe you get more nervous now because you feel I did in Japan because it was a compound sort of event you know that A it was we hadn't I hadn't appeared on a public stage for you know under my yeah. own steam with my own band for years and, and B we hadn't really played any of this material to anybody other than half a dozen people at the rehearsal studio and there was this full-blown professional top-line gig bit with four other bands that had been on and done their bit. And then you've, you've got to go out and do it. But does, as soon as you get out there, does the weight of the, the response the yeah, plugging in, get you going? Yeah, you plug in and you get this sort of blurred vision of everybody. Uh, you just think, well, this is going to be a disaster, so I'll just go with it. I'll, I'll think of my best jokes and <laughs> make a few sides of the jab. And then you're in. And then yeah. you, the first few seconds is awful and then yeah. you hear this drums going and you think yeah. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy this but you can't get away from that awkwardness at the beginning do you get away from the audience you just think well I'm yeah, going to you've do got to you've got to pretend they're not there right you've just got to you're in this capsule with yeah. the lads on stage and you're just doing the same as you did at rehearsal but something comes in and takes over I don't yeah. know what it is well how much of it is an ego trip on stage or how much are you really getting off on mm. that fan worship and all that sort of thing no not at all you, you just hope that the music is doing what it's supposed to yeah. do and when you see that, then you, then you pump it a bit harder yeah. and you play off the audience. So I mean, you're more into the music side oh, of it. Oh, yeah. The, I want them to... I want instantaneous recognition for what's right. going on. Right. And I'm in a fortunate position where it seems that a lot of the young guitar players, uh, they all nudge each other when I yeah. do something. You know, it's yeah. great. It's not like, yeah. oh, we all know this song and it's like, yeah. let's wait for the next one. They don't know what's going to happen. This it must be more interesting to watch. I'm absolutely amazed at reading about you and reading what you've said presuming it's true is there's extraordinary modesty of it you don't really you don't seem to rate yourself no. very highly at all no, you get other people I mean you are a legendary uh, guitarist yeah. so it comes up you don't do you not like that I don't know I don't want to start believing it it's dangerous right. to but you've been dangerous. considered that for ages now uh, do you find it embarrassing it is a bit because um, there, are, there are many many guitar players that 
in 89 that uh, they could take me to the cleaners, you know, I mean, in terms of their dedication to the, uh-huh. the craft. And I, I just do it more as a semi-professional side. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's the way I can keep a good relationship with myself yeah. and my music and my playing, who by not, not overdo- you know, overdosing. Who, do you, who would you say from the 89 presence? I mean, uh, it's, it's Steve I and Van Halen's and all that stuff. And um, lots of the names that, that I've got on cassette at home that you've probably never heard of. Sure. They're just cassettes that people give me and say, check right. this chap out, you know. Do, do you listen to a lot in order to sort of... Yeah. Not they they sometimes make me ill, you know, these yeah. tapes, and you think, oh, I should have practiced a bit more. <laughs> and then I think, well, okay, but what was the message I was mm. supposed to be listening to? Mm. Where is the direction? That's when I feel a lot happier when I know that the direction yeah. is stagnant. And they've just spent years perfecting a certain bendy or a, a run and it's it's very impressive but what it's pinned onto is nothing more than just you yeah. know pap and the thing is yeah these days it's, it is very much throwaway isn't it whereas yeah. your music is considered to be classic I think. oh well that's, that's uh, encouraging yeah oh. now, I suppose in a way it's a uh, an undefinable force that's pushing yeah. me to do it to say look before it's too late I'm doing a bit of this you know yes so but you aren't you quite I mean you must in that, in that case be quite grateful that you began when you did. That's the key to it, yeah. is starting at 11 or 12, you know, yeah. so that you're familiar with it. It's in the blood, then, you yeah. know, it's not something you've picked up and you're going to have a crack yeah. at, you know. It's there, it's there. Because despite these, you know, talented guys you mentioned, I mean, the, there is not really the same room for them to expand, no. like, like there was not in unless they, Not unless they are instrumental in bringing in a new t- sort of music to the world mm. and then blending their style in with that. But it's pretty much, even those names I mentioned, they're pretty much, there's very Spanishy runs that they play. They're all very similar. And it's pinned onto a heavy metal sort of pop kind of configuration. Quite, but as I say, you know, your music has sort of continued to progress. And your appearance hasn't really changed very much. You seem to be, <laughs> <laughs> if we look back to the old photographs, they seem to be quite, they haven't really changed a great deal. No. I've had no plastic surgery anyway. <laughs> Uh, you seem to have yeah, the, the rock and roll image and it's always yeah. stayed with you the same sort of yeah. hairstyle and stuff yeah, have you I, ever considered that's me yeah. well yeah I'd have and it didn't last too long <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't ever verged on the uh, radical haircut or anything mm. like that but uh, I've looked at a few clothes and things mm. and it's just I often wondered about what could I really do that would be sensational you know to look to look yeah. and set a train and I just thought well this is it you know <laughs> Yeah, it's when a lot of people look back and they and they see themselves in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, they go, they do that. You see, you've got to avoid that. I think that's a terrible trap to fall into. Mm. I mean, the eighties are very much image based, and it's all about selling people what they look like and all this packaging people. Have you just deliberately set aside from that and think, well, I'm going to do my own thing? I'm not sure about deliberately, but uh, I just doggedly continue with 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 what I believe in, and uh, one of the weights that's caused this weight is uh, the, the time that's gone by is what, looking for Terry the drummer I needed a, a drummer I wouldn't go on the stage with somebody that wasn't absolutely 120% yeah. my style you know you, you worked with some really great people and, and before you meet them presumably just like anyone else you read about them and you hear about them and build up an image of yeah. them just, don't you ever when you actually get to know them and think what on earth was all that about, yeah. you know, because really they don't, they're nothing like them there. have you I, found that I haven't been people? disappointed I wasn't uh, 
You're talking about the, the people like Jan Hammer and yeah, Tony Clark. And and oh yeah. Yeah, like no, no, I wasn't just wasn't really just I didn't get to know uh, Diana Ross that well. It was only a few days. But uh, Tina was a delight, you know. Yeah. Because I caught her just before the private dancer release, you know. When she was really uh, down on her luck, I guess, mm. you know, raring to go to fight back. And uh, I saw the real Tina then. I don't know what she's like now. I suppose she's just the same. But, you know, she was really grateful for everything that everybody was doing. And right. it was great. You know, it was perfect. You seem to be, from what I've read, as I say, quite in awe of these people. What, oh, yeah. Why are you in awe? I mean, surely they should I'm be a fan. in awe of you. No, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm still, I'm just still a record sort of fan, you know. There's the gift they gave me, can't, you can't pay them back, you know. Yeah. And I had River Deep, Mountain High, and... Uh, and all the, all the Motown stuff. You, you just, you know, where I come from, we were just, you know, poor, you know, fairly, you know, You don't, you don't put yourself in the same category at all, though. You don't see yourself as one Not of the greats at all. No. How do you see yourself, though? Uh, a bloody nuisance. <sighs> I, I mess people around a lot. Do you think so? I always say yes when I mean no, which I wish I could sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, always, uh, I've always been... The opinion that uh, it's best to say yes first and check it out, <laughs> then then drive yourself crazy at bed, in bed at night, going, "Oh damn, I should have done that." Mm-hmm. Better find out the other way. But it does let people down. Uh, of all the collaborations you've had, is it which one are you most proud of? Which one do you think has been the most satisfying for you? Uh, they're all pretty th- swift things, you know. I mean, like the Tina thing. I was in in the studio for about four hours. So it was just very sessiony, you know, mm. getting there and doing it. Yarn, I think, mm. I learned a hell of a lot from Yarn. You know, just an incredible musician. And the sounds and everything. He sort of, he was a free ride into the 80s, you know what I mean, musically. Because his styles gleaned from eastern scales and strange, you know, kind of tonal variations. And I still absorb that now. And I'm very You're fruitful in that respect. I'm still very good friends with right. him. Yeah. He, he obviously went to uh, pay for the baby's clothes and things, and the new BMW, <laughs> the Miami Vice. I mean, you know, things were tough for him. He couldn't get a gig. Could, he couldn't do what he wanted to do, which, you know, strut across the stage with a guitar. Yeah. And the keyboard wasn't quite the same thing at all. Do you think he got stuck? He pioneered the remote keyboard. There's no question about that. Yeah. You know, wielding it like a guitar. And it looked absurd, you know, I think the yeah. keyboards look absurd when they're strapped on. I don't care who's playing. And it just, the kids don't like that. They no. just, they know it that it's not right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he got stuck with Miami Vice in the same way that you got stuck with your single years ago? He will be. He'll, he'll always yeah. be. Associated with yeah, cotton jackets and white yeah. shirt and Miami Vice stuff. Have you, have you never known anyone of those great artists to be in awe of you in any way? Have you never been aware of that? Well, when when Jan overheard an interview he was doing, and uh, he was saying favourable things, I just thought, wow, this is a mutual admiration. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I know my faults more than anybody, and I hate myself for the faults. I can't ever seem to get in love with my playing. You know, it's just oh, Christ. You know? <laughs> maybe it was just a mental attitude that yeah, uh, maybe I go to a psychoanalyst and he could tell me why. What about McLaren? I mean, there's an incredibly inventive guy. Yeah. I, sat, I listened to uh, Bow Wow Wow. I knew it was a product of his 
making. And uh, the Sex Pistols and all that. And it wasn't until Buffalo Gals came out. Mm. I loved that. I thought that was great. just nutty and just yeah. great. And it was what was needed, just this out, out of the woods kind of bang over the head. Uh, he knows what he's doing. And then when I got to meet him, it was after all that explosion had died down. And I think he was rather looking to me to try to guide him somewhere mm. you know, with a guitar. But he's very vague, you know. In spite of the, the creative juices are there, but yeah. they, didn't, uh, they didn't give me much of a picture to work with. This he just gave me a fistful of cassettes of all kinds of weird stuff, surf music and classical, and mm. said, weld that all together and make something out of that. And what, and what he did was, was wrong, was uh, he buggered off with the tapes and, and worked with someone else, you know, I mean, yeah. a, a producer, with only a sparing, a little, a very sparing amount of guitar on there. Yeah. And I just thought, well, he's smart, he'll probably sample me all over the place, yeah. and I'll hear myself one day on radio mm. and be knocked out. But I don't think that's what happened. He, uh, I don't think he had to... He didn't go far enough with the yeah. project. He didn't go outrageous enough with it. It all became a little bit of a bit smoothie, a bit designer rock, you know. So what do you think of this album? It's okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Could have been better. We played a tape, the tape on the radio, and uh, Terry just hit the nail right on the head. He said, what the hell is that? That, that sounds like the theme tune, or, or the new theme tune for the lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> And it's exactly what it was. Yeah. Are you going to appear on one of his videos, aren't you? Yeah, there was some talk about it yesterday. Yeah. Well, how do you I don't know how he's going to... I don't like them at all. I don't like them. They're just adverts for the yeah. record, you know. And most of them are just flickering nonsense to me. I can't... It's very seldom when I really get sucked into it and think, wow, that's really worth... That was worth turning the camera for, you know. Yeah. Most of it's just a load of graphics and nonsense that you can forget not really lose any. Do you think to a certain extent you are the sort of archetypal rockstar who will not have any of this image? No, I don't want that. It's so easy to get into it because it's 84 when I met with, with Niall Rogers, I was prepared to be put on the on this conveyor belt and just to look at myself from a distance and see, see myself going along on this conveyor belt so I could jump out of it and see, no, I don't want to do that. And New York is the place where you do that, I suppose, is it's moving so quick. Yeah. But uh, Niall was a bit of a disappointment, not himself, I mean, but just the, the project, because he was uh, involved with Madonna and all that, yeah, he was Mr. King of New York, you know, and you can't really talk to anybody or get through to them when they're on that high, you know. Would you have a fancy management of any kind, or sort of producing or anything like that? What, handling somebody else? Yes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Are there any people you haven't worked with that um, uh, you like to work with still, that you still like? No, I think, I think now I've got this... this uh, little trio together it's, it's like a nuclear bomb you know there's so much potential there mm. I'd like to tap that a bit more do you still feel that your best is yet to come though? yeah you really do absolutely yeah, yeah. with with these guys I think yeah. that's where it's going to come from I don't think it would be a, another partnership with anybody you know yeah. all the old faithful fans are, you know, they're always going on to you about Eric Clapton or yeah. Rod Stewart and whatever else I mean how, how do you feel about do you just well, it's time to unplug the tent and move on, you know, move camp. You've got to. Yeah. I won't sit there and, you know, like uh, a lot of people say, are you going to be playing the train get rolling? Are you going to be playing people get ready? And we're going to try and do as much as we can in this set. Do you still yeah. see them there, Clapton and Rod Stewart? Not, not Stewart, I haven't seen him for a few years. Really? Three, four years. 
I think he, I don't know what happened to him. I think he, he got the Hollywood bug, you know. He loved being recognised in flash restaurants, you know. He's a star out there, like where he comes here and doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as comfortable for him yet. I can understand that. You don't want to go backwards, do you? But that, don't you ever think that could have been me? Yeah. I mean, it could have been, no question. And I do this. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you'd rather, you're glad it's not you. Yeah. But I mean, you yeah, because be... you can't be, a, you can't be a real person. You're, you're an image that belong, belongs to the public, you know. You, you just sort of constantly got to watch your style and your mannerisms, your clothes and all that. I'm just not from that, that world at all, really. Exactly, is it the, it's just the exposure, too much exposure. Yeah, because I think when you, if you have massive chart success, that's going to lead to being talked about in other magazines yeah. and phenomenon and this, that, and the other. And that must be, must surely be your peak. You cannot, you cannot get any more than that. People, yeah. if they pick up every bloody paper and you're in it, and you've got a number one record, that's it. You can't yeah. really do any more. And I'm not sure that that's really a very uh, enviable position. I'm not saying that I don't want to sell albums. I think that's, you know, because everybody, you have to make a living, you have to, you want to maintain your lifestyle, you have to do that. But all of a sudden, this sudden explosion of popularity is not going to do me any good at all. Do you find it hard to understand and as why there's such a fuss made about people like Clapton and Rod Stewart? Well, with Eric, it, it's, he just seems to fit what people want, you know. I mean, I've just read in the paper this morning, he's doing 18 days at the Albert Hall. Yeah. And he did, what, 14 last time. It's become the, the Eric Clapton month now, you know, yeah. Christmas, and people go along and pay tribute to their yeah. god, you know. It's great, but... Uh, Do you find it hard to understand, though, why yeah. he's considered such a god? It, it's like the Mark Knopfler, it just... The sounds he makes is so pleasing. Yeah. It's a drug, drug to someone, and they'll go along and hear it over and over again. He's the master at it, you know. Yeah. He just has that fluidity that is enviable. Yeah. But... If we're going to get to claws out now, I mean, yeah. you know, I I find it. I couldn't watch it more than half an hour or an hour. I get my fix and I go. I wouldn't yeah. want to go back to. You know, he doesn't actually transcend anything on stage. He just does what he's required to do, and yeah. executes it perfectly. It's a bit because too. Because he's now very packaged, isn't he? Yeah. Images, yeah, but God bless him. You know, he's, he's fought the drug thing, yeah. which I've never had to do. I've never had that. I've never been involved with anything like that. Right. I've been through that era with where everybody was doing it. Around, I was just surrounded by, by casualties everywhere and I was determined not to be one of them. Did you ever come close to Yeah, uh, no, not really, no. I went to work in these terrible places, garages and spray shops, and they're, they're real, real earthy people. And, and just as soon as you start picking up the habit of, or getting involved with people like druggies and that, you, just, you hear their voices going, what are you doing that for? stars of your vintage as it were and they sort of think of the 60s as a bit of a haze really a, a bit of a, to you it's all pretty clear and it was, uh, it was the worst time uh, really in my life I think the 60s in what way it was just fraught with frustration every day and I had a, a deep rooted loathing for the, the pop art and the right. flower power thing. Yeah. I don't know why what about the 70s quite awful, awful the embarrassment to most people yeah the fashion was out to lunch. The music was not going anywhere. In the 80s? Uh, looked good, looked good. Looked promising around 80, 81. And then uh, the Japs took over with the machinery and electronics and uh, big push-button music. Do you see a reversion, though, to the 
Yeah, I'm going to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> I let them know I'm about, and they can make the choice then. Much better to watch a real band play than some ponce yeah. farting about up there to a tape, you know, which yeah. I thought was just disgraceful, you know. We've got the Stones on the road at the moment, McCartney yeah. on the road, and the Who are on the road, and all sort of thing. That's just incidental, by the way. They all they all heard that I was going on the road. <laughs> Why do you think it is that they're all uh, going on the road at roughly the same time, or now? Why do you think they, uh, they almost don't need to go? No, it's just uh, I know that they were bored. I think yeah. he's a pretty. You have to. Are you bored? I, I'm, I'm not bored. I just think uh, I went to this Nam show, which is was paid it was like a free trip to California I could go and get a few parts for my cars and stuff and I thought yeah I'll go into their shop and they were so enthusiastic these young kids I just felt really you know my last album was six years ago and these kids are still tugging on my sleeves going come on go you know. where was your last uh, tour 80 81 and then the arms thing was 83 84 but it wasn't uh, like I say it wasn't my own thing so the, the press sometimes rather cruelly call uh, your generation, yeah. as it were, the wrinklies and rock. I know they do, yeah. Dinosaurs it's, what do you think about it? Does that hurt? It's just, uh, it doesn't because it's not true. It's a joke. I suppose in certain cases it could be an accurate description, but I don't get on stage and play high silver lining every night with with a, the same kind of uh, line-up in the, in the repertoire. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, yeah. These, the people that you're referring to mm. probably wouldn't know one track off any album they just typecast you yeah I, I loathe that I loathe it but I'm not a 60s rocker I'm, an, I'm a 90s rocker now <laughs> isn't there going to come a stage where you simply are going to be too old for the business no uh, you'll be too old to to do to get on stage and do what you do when you were 19 or 20 but music's there there's no age limit to it and I don't think that you can't be arrested for playing <laughs> Do you, do you think you will, maybe, I don't know, what do you think you'll be doing in 10, 20 years' time? Or do you I don't know. I have no idea. Do you worry about the future, or you just take each day? I, I, I fear for the world, yeah, I think it's heading for terrible disasters if we don't watch it. Probably irreversible now, but that doesn't uh, thrill me at all, thinking about the future on that score. I've just got the vibe to go and play again, you know, with, with these tremendous musicians I've got. I've got no excuse now. So it's a go for it type of thing. What do you think you'd have done if you hadn't gone into this business? What do you think you'd be doing? I'm in a custom auto business. Because that's what restoration. You, do you collect? Yeah, I collect them. Scour all the papers in the states. You know, find some abandoned project or a body that's been left in the desert and drag it back and restore it. You got what's in your collection now? What have you got? They're all they're all 30s V8 Fords, American V8s, coupes, roadster, sedans. I've got a big wooden shed. Full of cars? Yeah. Do you ever drive them? Yeah, I'll drive them all the time. They're all like roadworthy. They're, they've all got uh, different little characteristics. Uh-huh. How many have you got all together? About 14. I build them all except for I've got a 62 Corvette, which I restored. What are you going to do with them? You just keep them in the car? I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Because they are forlornly sitting there gathering dust yeah. as we speak. But uh, uh, if I ever sell anything, I always regret it. Yes, that's about six months later. Now, a hoarder, damn, right? who's got that rod now? Yeah. You know, materialistic sort of danger, sort of a yes. pitfall you can get into. You can't leave a car for six months and hope that it ro- works perfectly when you turn the key. Something yeah. will have gone wrong. 
So I've got 14 in the bastards there, <laughs> all going bad. Yeah. Whereabouts did you live at the Sussex, Sussex, East Sussex. Because you, you were from the Richmond area originally, Richmond? No, yeah. I just, I, just I, I got fame and fortune in the uh, Eel Pie Island. Oh, right, yeah, the, uh, That was the biggest yeah. break of all, I think. Being able to play at all was a, was a big plus, I mean. And going to a gig like that where there were students, you know, really people with some thought, you know, not just pub morons that didn't know what they were listening to. They, they were a bit more picky about their music and they knew all the blues and it was great, you know, it was just like a paradise. You know, when you're in the bar afterwards and people were saying, oh, I heard you play the Elmore James stuff. I come here, you know, you know Elmore James. It was great, it brings people together. When you play the, the Swan and Sugarloaf at Croydon, or Burley or somewhere, they go, what's that, eh? What's that? Yeah, it's a different thing altogether. But, uh, so to go back to the cars thing, the, the, there's a great association between, you know, heavy music and, and driving yeah. a car. Also. Do, uh, do you think there is definitely something in that for you? Yeah, it's, it's uh, just part of my life anyway. Yeah. There's a certain mechanics in the car that are akin to the guitar, you know. It's sort of devoting yourself to a piece of machinery the way yeah. you would to a guitar, you know. And you get the you get the rich rewards afterwards, the, the driving and the pride. You know, it's all there. It's so you just drive around quite a bit, just anywhere. Or I'll just go in the forest, you know, down the Ashdown, and cruise yeah. around, and uh -huh. enjoy the scenery, and come back. And it's a lovely day. You know. uh -huh. Do you put your own music on ever? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to get down there with that. Do you get recognised a lot? Yeah, in the strangest places. Mm. Tell me about like, it. Like 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 exactly that place. And I got out of the car and went for a stroll. And I came back, and I parked in the Ashdown Forest and went for a walk and came back. And there was a film crew that was was doing a Scottish series, and they, they were trying to simulate the Scottish hills, so that's why they were And they, one of the chaps said, hello, Jeff, <laughs> right in the middle of Ashdown Forest. So I thought I was alone, you know. <laughs> do you like being yeah, recognised, or do you find that a bit disturbing? Yeah, no, God, I don't mind that, you know, it's because, touch wood, they've all, all been favourable comments that that follow, but uh, I don't know if I'd be able to handle any any uh, snide, yeah. yeah, I don't know what I'd do with that. I'm recognised just enough to be comfortable, you know, yeah. it's not, oh wow, I'm just comfortable, yeah, that's nice. Do you ever get uh, mistaken for anyone else? Uh, no. But who are you thinking Well, of? no, I don't know, no, I'm not going to be particular, <laughs> I just... I used to get mistaken for Jagger a long, long time ago. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I used to wear a striped shirt, mm. a horizontal striped t-shirt. What do you think of him now? Great, it's fabulous. Mm. I just wish it, you could walk in the, the room, that, you know, day after day, and it would be the same person. It was like make us sell at ten different pieces. You what? never knew which one you were going to meet. You still don't, do you think? Uh, no, I think he's. Uh, he must be worried. He must mm. be uncomfortably worried about his situation because he he is a '60s rocker, isn't he? I mean, it's no. The catalogue of songs just goes on forever. But I think this album they've got now is brilliant. I mean, it's a kick up the arse for anybody that said they can't come back. It's the best that I've ever heard them do. But um, he should not have tried to embark on a solo career. I think that was a bad move. It's like uh, one of the Marx Brothers going solo or something. Yeah. You know, it's like one well, of the Three Stooges. Nobody wants to see the solo Stooge. They want to see... I mean, it, it was a great com compliment when he chose me. I wrong wrong quite wrongly thought he was going to start up uh, the 80s stones you know because he asked me about drummers and bass players 
I thought, wow, this is something else. Mick Jagger's going to be in it with my band. You're amazing, isn't it? Why, yeah. why do you think this way? And when you were chosen for that Lenny Henry show, for instance, were yeah. you shocked then that you were surprised? Yeah, I just... You still can't see yourself in that sort of um, no. light, can you? No, because I, I just worry about what I'm playing, that's all. I don't think about the outward image at all. Not at all, it's just... That's why it's so vital to have the right elements on stage with me, because I, I'm not a... I can't go on stage. The worst moment of my life is when I suddenly got sucked into having to do a speech in front of 3,000 record executives wearing dicky bows, you know. And nobody had been on to soften the blow, you know. And I, I was asked to speak on Les Paul, and I couldn't get out of it, because Les was sitting on the table, and it, it was like the big hand of judgment coming down, you know. You've got to do it now, you can't run out on this. You, you cannot do this to this man. So I, I got on stage and I had to make up this garbled speech about how I was influenced by him and what he'd done. And it was already, I was preceded by a video which had said all all I was going to say yes. in, a, in like a two-minute snatch of film, which was much more interesting. So I just made up some stories about him. And I, when you hear this ripple of laughter, you, you want to go. But that was awful. Do you think maybe you are a frustrated comedian? Though? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's in a lot of a lot of us, you know. Do you think maybe that more than any other kind of? Yeah, I'd love to do, get into some comedy. Do you You're saying what I would like to do if I wasn't? Sure. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. But the right kind of comedy, you know. surreal comedy, I love. Yeah. Comic strip, you know. So. What do What do you do? I mean, obviously your your cars are a major interest to you. What else do you like doing off? Work? I do that pretty much all day. You know. I just like gathering with really nice people, you know, once yeah. in a while. What do you do with them, though? You just sort of, play pool or...? Yeah, we got, i got a snooker room. Well, how much time do you spend on your own? Are you good on your own, or are you...? Yeah, I love being, you know, just working away on my project. It's it's funny, the, the, my garage is, a, is the centre of the universe, because I get to know everything. What about um, ambitions now? What are the sort of uh, things you'd like to achieve? Golly, uh, I don't know. I, I think I've... I've squeezed as much fun as I can out of guitar playing for the moment. I mean, I, I will go on doing it, squeezing it. I'll probably uh, try and get... If I if I ever make money, I'll probably want to open up a custom shop of some sort. Mm. I don't know, maybe get into films. Really? Or, or producing other front. people. Not acting? Uh, I don't know. It's a difficult one, it's isn't it? It's hard, that, isn't it? You lay it yourself is. open a bit, don't you? Yeah. You've got to either write the part and know exactly what you're doing or have this sort of canny sense of choosing the right part. You'll have to come to, from somebody who really loves you a lot and, yeah. and steer you wrong. They don't do that in the film business, do they? <laughs> but do you kind of feel, well, I, I, you've achieved everything you have to in, in no, rock and yet... not at all. I haven't scratched the branch. surface yet. And that is the dilemma. It's the hopelessness yeah. of thinking you haven't made any impression at all. And then banged up with the fact that you've been in it for 30 years. <laughs> Does it, is it getting easier though, um, the creative side, or is it... It is tough, it's still tough because as you go on thinking you've got it licked, they'll come out with some new sound, and it, you have to decide whether you're going to go on with what you know, or whether you're going to try and pan the depths of, of the new Roland 3 million stroke, mm. whatever, keyboard synthesizing. Mm. Because sound is all I get off on, you know, yeah. no matter where it comes from. And these keyboards are incredible, you know, what you can do. Do you have a guitar which is really prized, or do you just have loads of them, like you have loads of cars? I have a, I have a 62, a 52 Strat, which is uh, about as close to Buddy Holly's. I always like to think it is his. You know? 
Oh, you don't know where it came from? I know who's got that. Really? Uh, who's, yeah. who's got Buddy Hyde? I tell you. Dad's own corner. Yes. Has he? Yeah. I think he has it. In fact, I must ask him if I ever see it. I don't run into him much. Des O'Connor, I remember him saying that Buddy Holly gave him his guitar. It might have been an acoustic, but I would rather think that was with him when he went down in that plane. That's strange. Have you got loads of guitars though otherwise? That are yeah, I don't want them. They just keep collecting. You see. Yeah. I put them by the bin in the back. dustbin won't touch them. <laughs> Is, is there an ultimate guitar that you'd like to design, perhaps? That, that, uh, no, it's already designed. It's right yeah. in the Strat. That is... It, it's there. It's right. there. Why is it's it like that? a tennis racket. It, you know, it's the same shape. Springs, you know. Yeah. Obviously, the slight technology change. But the, the only one major improvement has happened since it was invented, which is uh, uh, a much better intonation, which is, you know, caused by less friction on the moving parts of the yeah. strings. But apart from that, you know, the sound of the, the ones on the record sounded fine to me in the 50s. Mm. That's why we're still here, still trying to get over that explosion that went on, you know. C can you and think of yeah. anything better than, you know, really letting rip no. in a car or the guitar? No. Only the two, two at both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried that? <laughs> yeah, how would we do it? Foot on the throttle, strap the wheel <laughs> in a central position. That would be your ultimate Yeah, and jump on the roof, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to go, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The ultimate rock and roll end. Yeah. Maybe that's a great ending to a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no. Not for your life, I hope. <laughs> the tragic cases of rock history. Yeah, we can get a stuntman to do that. <laughs> go off uh, Beachy Head. Yeah. And a 32 the, Roadster. Like a blown 32 Roadster, about 500 horsepower. Would you like a movie made of your life? I don't know. Only if it was entertaining and funny. And mm -hmm. It should be funny, because yeah. I've got some great stories. If only I had the uh, gumption, you know, to do to write the thing. But if somebody played you, who would you like to have play you? You know, I could get Nigel Tufnell, couldn't I? The Spinal Tap guy. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. He's funny, isn't he? Yeah. 